0: The Popcorn Brothers. My name's Eli. I'm Isaac, and we're here to talk to you about movies every week. We come at you with the latest and greatest from movies in theaters to recently released trailers to sometimes a series of movies relevant to the month, such as this month. <laughs> but normally, we give each other movies back and forth. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a thing of the past now. I've seen. I feel like we've moved into special special mode all the time.
1: Okay. Well, we did just do two series fairly quickly back to back, but. True. I think that going from here, I don't think we're going to have another one like that. We will have a series, but it will still be back-to-back, you and me.
0: Okay. Anyways, welcome to the third episode of our Pride Month series. Yeah. To give a brief overview of today, we'll we'll birth first talk about this week at the movies with First reformed the latest uh thriller? Not horror, right? Thriller from eight twenty four. It wasn't a horror movie.
1: Um it's from Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader was the writer of Taxi Driver. I guess it was a drama. Taxi driver and something else. I looked it up, but I had no idea really who it was. But it was a drama. Just a
0: yeah, a dark drama. And then also Oceans Eight, which is not a dark drama, probably more like a light comedy. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then we will be moving on to our trailer watch with Dumbo, which Isaac suggested. What is Dumbo? I don't know anything about that.
1: Dumbo is the Disney live-action version of oh animated i do movie. i know exactly what this about is to be like, oh. never mind i completely am
0: wrong and then we will review the bird cage this week that is so, meat and potatoes put your tissues away
1: we don't need them anymore
0: It's <laughs> true we, we're done crying yeah we, we're we done cried crying a month. lot in the last two weeks <laughs> we've gotten it all out i'm sorry uh, everybody my but tear ducts are important. dry we are we're here to have a good time all right so uh without further ado how was your week first i guess isaac you do you cool
1: mm, i mean we went to the movies a few times i don't think anything that cool happened this week uh next after <clears throat> this episode uh airs um it's actually pride weekend here in Nashville. Ah, that's so right. i will be where going, is the celebration uh, it'll be at public square park okay um on saturday and sunday i don't know if i'll make it out for both days i'm thinking about it they actually have some decent musical acts this year that i want to see so i might actually go both days
0: cool um Are they lo- is it local music
1: no um i mean jojo is gonna be there
0: yeah get JoJo. out leave yeah. <laughs>
1: too little too late jojo
0: played at the <laughs> venue i was the marketing manager at. oh that's right i, I bought digital billboards
1: <laughs> to advertise jojo in
0: memphis so.
1: um we also have wilson phillips is gonna be there on sunday they're the sunday headliners hold on for one more day you know? it sounded great, but I have no idea if, what you're if you've never well see, look, they're past I'm too young for them too, but okay. I've seen bridesmaids and you haven't. So no, that's true. I've that makes a big difference.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, odds are I'll probably be out and about for one of those too, one of those days. Probably the JoJo day more so. You should come on Saturday, it would be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Better. Okay, cool. Well, um I didn't do anything but work, so let's jump into Yeah, let's go then. This week. <laughs> Nobody at the wants movies. to hear about that. All right. First reformed. We saw this together. So, yeah. Okay. And Eli took. I was absolutely not interested in this. And I was interested in this. And I saw the trailer for this. We didn't review the trailer on here. And I had to go out of my way to even figure out that this trailer existed because there was no advertisement for this movie. I didn't see. We saw Hereditary, which is a a movie by the same studio and there was no trailer for this and it came out like yeah. the week after essentially I think.
1: Also, I didn't even know what this movie was and if I don't even vaguely know what the movie is or yeah. if the movie's coming out, that's like if it's not off great, of Isaac's radar I, yeah.
0: entirely. Isaac has a pretty wide radar. Oh yeah, for sure. You have a it's wide. It's hard radar. to not be on mine anywhere. So what this movie was about, I'm going to we'll go ahead and say it there's a church, it's the First Reformed baptist church or something do you church? Want me and, to do it yeah go for it okay
1: so there's a very old church it's 250 years old uh ethan hawk plays the lead pastor or uh minister whatever of this church it's very small not that many people show up it basically is only still running because another church essentially uh sort of is it's like parent church and it paid the money uh and cedric the entertainer which they did not uh, credit him as Cedric, the entertainer. They used his actual name, Cedric something. I don't know what uh. it is though, <laughs> huh. is the pastor of that church. Um, and essentially, uh, there's a young couple who goes to this church and, uh, Ethan Hawk we'll encounters Ethan them. Church. Yes. Ethan Hawk, uh, encounters them and the husband in this couple is very depressed and he has sort of some, um, He's an environmental activist, and he has some very big plans that could cause
0: uh, a lot of issues, essentially. Yeah. How
1: far do you want to go into the plot uh, here? We'll go
0: ahead and say that also Um, the wife of this couple is pregnant, and the man is worried about it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. earth. So there's a long conversation at the beginning, and this is as far as we'll go realistically. Yeah, I
1: don't think we want to spoil too much. There's a
0: long conversation between Ethan Hawke and the man- uh, about whether or not the world is fit to bring a child into because of all of the environmental disasters that are caused by human effect on the earth and just
1: and what essentially sort of is god going to forgive us yes. for what we're doing to the earth yeah. and yeah is it responsible to bring a child into the
0: a conversation about religion into the, and the
1: world knowing that there are world could be uninhabitable basically within yeah. that child's lifetime
0: yeah if i had to sum it up in one sentence i would say a dark conversation about religion and the environment that would be this movie and i think uh yeah and
1: yeah and the the way that humans are involved in both of those and yeah. sort of the way that they've taken advantage of those or the way that they uh relate to those yeah it was really good for for a pretty long time <laughs> i think it was really good the whole time i'm convinced it was good the oh whole actually time. you talked yourself into liking it now yeah okay yeah. interesting
0: i mean it definitely so it's, it's gonna have it's an a ending baiting switch that doesn't it doesn't well, advertise what it's about that, essentially okay yeah. okay i won't tell them that it's about what it's about but
1: it's just gonna have a very polarizing ending that's yes. essentially what we just, just want to say
0: it's widely open to interpretation because i talked to another friend who had saw this movie and he interpreted it different than i'd interpreted it and i interpreted it differently than you had interpreted it because i think yeah. you were just upset i don't know if you had actually like I, come up with a i thought just about felt there. i
1: felt um i felt like this movie railed against all of the story so you know me and we talk about this a lot i'm big on the story yeah does the story make sense does yeah. everything that happens within the movie make sense together and ultimately does it complete the story in a way that it should mm-hmm. which i would say that this movie does not do and in that respect the movie has failed me because it doesn't do that for me yeah but i mean if you're looking at it from a different angle which i think that yeah this movie isn't about story it's about a message so mm-hmm. The movie probably succeeds in the way that it wants to succeed. Does that make it a great movie? Mm, that's debatable in my book. Yeah,
0: as far as message movies go, because it very become it comes down to a pointed message or a pointed couple of messages. I think it actually does a good job and is enjoyable to watch. But it's it's funny that you can't advertise the movie as, for what it is. No, yeah, because, because no one will would go ru- see well, it. Well, and it will ruin, ruin the it experience. In the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I think that's all I have to say about this movie. I don't suggest you should go see it. I liked it, no, but I don't think I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be showing by the time you hear this probably. Probably not. It we we went, went to be one, one showing that was <laughs> going on in at the 1 afternoon. O'clock in the matinee times. Yeah. So, um, it had
1: some good it still had some strong elements to it. I think it had a, a certainly a director's eye for some reason the entire movie is shot in full screen. That is interesting. It yeah. has um one thing I noticed is that a lot of there is not a lot of camera work in the sense that the camera doesn't ever move it's a lot of still shots so yeah, they plant the camera the camera captures things that are in the frame for any given amount of time and then the the shot switches again yeah and there and were there's times no camera it, it motion it was super noticeable
0: when the camera did move though and they yes. use that to particularly point out important events or things times where things changed um i think that we could see a i think we could see some uh,
1: awards traction for ethan Hawke for sure too
0: really yeah probably um, hmm but we'll see it does seem like the role he was meant to play it's like it's perfect for his like style of acting
1: see i don't really i don't think i've ever seen a lot of ethan hawk stuff so
0: okay. i don't really i can't comment on that to lot. watch predestination we oh. talked about this. <laughs> it'll probably come up in this show so all right uh that's it for first reformed um i give it a thumbs up and as far as going to see it i say don't if you can <laughs> even if you can but you can't and isaac you say i would not i mean you can see it.
1: I don't ever feel like seeing any movie is a bad
0: idea
1: because almost every movie can make you think in some way. I'm a very like, I'll defend almost any movie to that respect. Did I enjoy this movie? No. Would I need to see this movie We need and decision making here. Then the answer Someone is, probably is about no. to spend
0: $15. They don't have movie pass. Are you going to tell them to go see this? No, I would not. Okay. That's fair.
1: I would tell them to come and sit with me for five minutes and I'll tell you
0: why you would not like the movie probably. Totally fair. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Ocean's 8. I didn't see this. Isaac, what did you think? Um, I enjoyed it.
1: It is very much exactly what you think and exactly what you have been um, sold, I guess, on, which is it is a female version of an Ocean's franchise. Entry.
0: Over-advertised and not totally delivering because that's what I assumed it I would kind be.
1: Well, I kind of thought about this afterwards. I think okay. when I left, I was underwhelmed because I don't think that the movie delivered anything more than I expected. So essentially Mm -hmm. what I got was exactly what I expected. And I didn't know how to feel about that in a way. I think it has some strong points. I will say that we had talked earlier. And one thing that I said, I kind of criticized was the characterization of some of the characters. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like a lot of them had much of a character that was showing through. Ironically, the more that I thought about it, the small characters Have more of that. Or maybe it's that certain characters are just given, even in their small little scenes, more to do. The two worst characters, not worst characters, but the ones that I was just, okay, whatever, are the Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett characters because I think that they just want you to say, George Clooney and Brad Pitt's characters. I think yeah. that that's all. They didn't do anything to differentiate them from the them.
0: characters from the original Ocean's movies yeah. for no reason. They didn't well, add anything to them. Yeah, it.
1: they didn't add anything to them. And not to say that those two actresses did that on purpose. I don't think because those are great actresses. I just don't think that it really gave them a whole lot to do. Um, I think that you have Anne Hathaway is as great as you've heard that she is. She really does a lot with her character. She's probably almost the lead. She probably has as much content almost as sandra bullock does and it's really great it's really fun she does a great job helena bonham carter does some good stuff i think that aquafina girl that plays kind of the the sleight of hand she's like a pickpocket yeah yeah if you see it in the trailer she's great rihanna's character actually is given some stuff and it's interesting so i think that they just could have done a little bit better with some of the characters otherwise it's exactly what you think it is and it's pretty enjoyable i didn't have a bad time i liked it
0: all right. And didn't you see one more movie or do you not want to talk about that yet?
1: I went to see tag. Ah, I really right. didn't want to bring this up. You <laughs> are making me do it right here. Um, I went and saw tag the other night. Also, I had had quite a bit of wine. I did not drive ah, to the movies though. What are you drinking either. now?
0: We didn't talk just about this. I'm having today. one beer. Okay okay, God, okay. okay. Now
1: you're making me sound like a mess. <laughs> Everyone's
0: um, a mess,
1: Isaac. So I went to see tag Uh, with a lot of wine in me i really didn't think it was that funny actually
0: yeah from what
1: i the more i saw the trailer
0: the less i wanted to go see it when i initially saw it i thought it could be creative and different but then i gathered that it probably was loose in plot or completely lacking plot and just like a bunch of improvised jokes with these comedians that probably would be very yeah and then i kind of felt like that's what it was too. and then i i would feel that that would be okay if that was the focus but then they have to add the whole like trying to tag what's his face into it and i feel Jeremy like that Runner. would just yeah i feel like that would make for a poor movie it would just be all over the place and not that entertaining to me
1: it felt all over the place to me and also i had seen i think i read a review somewhere where they said it was the funniest movie of the year and i the whole time how much
0: did they pay them to write it though? <laughs> maybe
1: but the whole time i was like this is not funnier than game night i'm sorry yeah game night was solid it that's was really good possibly my top comedy so far oh yeah the year. i'm trying to think it's, of another one we've it would seen. i mean i've kind of been thinking about that like we've seen so many movies this year and we're going to the movies a lot more i feel like so i'm like trying to vaguely recall movies that were really did it for me so far and really game night is probably close to the top of the list thing. yeah
0: that's true Oh, and speaking of, we haven't done it this week in Netflix in a while. Coco, we we finally saw Coco. I didn't actually see it. I fell asleep. You, you didn't watch it at all. <laughs> I saw I saw the first 20 minutes. Did you like it? I still it was to, good. I need to finish it, right? It's worth finishing. It was good. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. I
1: mean, most Disney movies are pretty solid at least. Like I don't yeah. feel like I wasted my time watching it. I will tell you though it's I don't think any Pixar movie will beat Inside Out for me
0: for a long time. Wow. I love Inside Out. Inside Out is still your top. It's I don't so think good. it. I don't think it's my top. I really enjoyed it, but I think I think the nostalgia probably of the old one still has any of the new stuff. Oh beat well, yeah.
1: Me. I mean, I don't think anything that Pixar ever does will ever reach like Toy Story levels. Yeah. Toy Story I mean, to me a is really. Life
0: I put up pretty
1: high. Well, Toy Story to me matches both the like critic, the movie critic in me and the yeah. like enjoyment factor for me. So to me, Toy Story is the tops, but really Inside Out does a lot for me too. Um, I mean, Monsters
0: Inc. Incredibles is pretty good. Is pretty good. Incredibles is really yeah. good. Yeah,
1: but a lot of the ones that people love, I do not like.
0: Which ones do people love? What are you suggesting?
1: Well, a lot of people really like Finding Nemo, and I don't think Finding Nemo is that great. I think
0: Finding Nemo is pretty good. I put it. I, I don't think it's I that don't. Great. I put it slightly below the ones I've listed, though. Like Monsters Inc. and A Bug's Life and Toy Story, I really mm-hmm. put up high. Those are like up. The other one that people love is Up, and I hate Up. I never have seen Up. I think I. I think similar to Coco, I fell asleep early in Up, but I like, did never went back. Just, Coco, I'm
1: going back. I'm going back to Coco. People are obsessed with up, And I'm like, this also, isn't even that great.
0: When I when I see Coco, I think the Dominique de Coco, yes, okay. from, <laughs> from Glorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what else? That's, That's what he says.
1: Well, if we're going to do this week at Netflix, I watched season two of Queer Eye all in one day on season Saturday. Season two
0: in one day? <laughs> How many hours is that?
1: I mean, there's eight episodes. So it's like... Eight hours, mm, six hours, six five hours. to six hours. Dang. But I just love it. It goes with <laughs> Pride Month too. I've if heard, you haven't checked I had out Pride, it's really good. I've had good. other people
0: suggest that to me now. More people, people talk about their family members liking it. It's it's really. <laughs> it's just an enjoyable, like, good, like, feel
1: good TV show. Yeah. I mean, certainly, if you're not into the sort of like makeover thing, then you probably might not enjoy it, but. The Fab Five, the new Fab Five, are just so heartwarming, and they're so fun and likable. And then I think that they really do a little bit of good for the people that they're making over in a way. And you know, it's just enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's We're done it with for this, this. week We've at the movies <laughs> and Netflix, man. That was good though. That was good content. That's what people want to hear. They need our. I think they on do like things.
1: some of that stuff too. But
0: all right, moving on. Every week you hear sound. and we watch a trailer so we now have dumbo i was a dumbo not realizing that this was the live action version (laughs) of the animated movie dumbo from disney earlier so we're gonna pull it up and uh if you're driving do not stop otherwise take some time here to pause the podcast and pull up the movie clips trailers channel on youtube and check out the dumbo teaser trailer number one coming out 2019 it says So uh, we are going to watch this trailer, give you a brief description and our thoughts on whether or not you should go see it in about 10 seconds. So check out this sweet sound and we will be right back. Welcome back. We just watched the trailer, teaser trailer number one for the new Disney Dumbo movie, live action,
1: mm-hmm. directed by Tim Burton.
0: Directed by Tim Burton, starring Colin Farrell and Eva Green. Danny DeVito. Oh, okay, Eva Green. Hmm. Yeah, Danny DeVito not starring. I guess starring. He He's was in it, it for a second. He, w- he was in it as much as clip. Eva Green was probably. Okay. okay, fair. Yeah, and some children. We and don't some know. Children. No idea who <laughs> they are. They just they look like children. Um. What did you see, Isaac?
1: Um, I saw a. So certainly, a circus. The next entry. Oh, I was thought you meant Uh, like metaphorically. Oh, sure. beyond the trailer. Yeah, I saw the next entry in the Disney converts all of their animated movies into live action movies so they can take more of your money. Mm, Yes, but maybe with with an interesting kind of different viewpoint to it hopefully because it's sort clearly it's straying from the original Dumbo movie yes. adding new characters I don't think that these I don't think that Dumbo is going to talk so no that really makes the like story it. about
0: the characters Dumbo's the and the
1: way that the humans are yeah. around Dumbo. Yep. so mm-hmm. that's interesting and then we know Tim Burton has a certain directorial flair
0: of his own. So it actually kind of looks calm compared to most times when I think about Tim Burton. Yeah, I feel like it's toned down to an extent. It's more a uh,
1: big fish than it is. Yes. Sweeney Todd or Which is good. Um, I think that's good. Willy Wonka. I really I'm
0: glad they didn't let the man go all out and destroy this with his over the top.
1: I think aesthetic. that, well, I think that we're seeing here. So certainly a lot of people see these Disney movies as they're being converted. Um, some people I've read prefer that they stick closer to the original movie, like beauty and the beast, which is almost, I mean, exactly shot for shots. I mean, script and everything is very similar versus like, I would prefer that they were just different enough so that it's not the same movie. I don't want you to make the same movie just with people instead of it being a cartoon and sell me another movie ticket to it. That's not what I like want yeah. Disney to be doing, mm-hmm. which is why I can appreciate the fact that the Dumbo looks a little different. The fact that I read, so we talked at one point, I think about Mulan and how Mulan was going to get Yeah, the We same haven't talked treatment. about
0: it on here, but Mulan has been heavily delayed, right?
1: Yes, because I think people want Mulan to be, a transfer of the animated movie, which to me, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to make Mulan like a kung fu movie, almost. Don't add the songs. Make it straightforward like an action movie, because that would be super cool. Hmm. But But I definitely read an article where they were like, Mulan needs to be exactly like the animated movie, and I'm like, no, you can watch the animated movie.
0: What was their argument for why it should be like the animated movie? Because they... Uh, allege that
1: all these parts of i guess because mulan's really good to them and mulan is good but so
0: their personal opinion of the original being good means
1: that they should remake the movie well and
0: they wanted to include
1: the music and i'm like the the music doesn't make any if you're doing a live action movie which is about war and a woman who cross dresses as a man to save her family that really doesn't scream that it needs to have a lot of songs in it Best if it's part not of Mulan animated. was
0: the action by far it's it's what always struck me as what made it good was it that cool action I mean it
1: has a couple of decent songs but yeah it's that yeah it's a great story like it's a great story about a woman who sacrifices everything and really you know saves her country that's what's cool about it so yeah. make it a cool action movie
0: yeah I would be down. You think they're going to do that? What What is the, what I the delays I hope they do. I really we're hope... totally straight from Dumbo. So to be real here, this Dumbo trailer doesn't well, show you that Well, it's a teaser much. trailer. Yeah. It doesn't so show you So it you that doesn't much. really show you that much.
1: I'm interested to see maybe how the next trailer will go. Yeah.
0: I refuse to give my judgment on whether or not you should go see this yet um, because also, I don't think this gave you enough well, information. Well, I'll
1: also say that I'm not a big Dumbo fan in the first place. Um, I've seen the movie. I've, of course, seen the movie, but I wasn't a huge fan when we were kids, so um, I don't have any particular affinity for the fact i want to see this just because it's dumbo yeah so. i saw
0: it at some point i remember the super trippy part of dumbo i'm yeah. sure there'll be a super trippy they part they did in show this. a small yes portion of that so, so i'm sure
1: though they're going to keep i think that this one is going to keep most of the We have to have these certain parts in it, but I think that Disney might be using this one to experiment a little more and see how far that Disney can allow somebody to bring different elements into it before people will be like, no, that's too much. I don't like it.
0: They're writing a story around the original story with focusing on the humans as opposed to like the talking animals. I think it could potentially be cool. So TBD, that's my vote. Yeah. TBD. Okay, Cool. Now back to Mulan. Do you think they're going to make it an action movie? <laughs> I think they are. I think I think that it's
1: possible that. So this was it Dumbo not? Was it delayed because something uh, bad happened? I mean, or they were, or they're scripting it and they're kind of deciding. I think that. You know, now that Disney basically knows that they can transform any animated property into a live action movie and it's probably going to be a hit.
0: That's all we're going to see for the next 10 years. That's what I think saying.
1: that they're also probably going to use this Dumbo one, which, again, they're allowing it to veer because the first one they ever allowed, like Cinderella and Maleficent, were not exact carbon copies of their animated movies. They weren't huge hits in the sense that they were older and that Beauty and the Beast came and just wiped everything out because Beauty and the Beast was massive and beauty and the beast is literally just a transfer so maybe disney is gonna test and they say well let's see what happens with this dumbo and if it veers far enough away and people still go maybe we can let mulan be something completely different a totally different animal which i think that they should i mean the jungle book veered for me jungle book veered far enough away from the original that i liked it and i enjoyed it wait you
0: liked the live action jungle book remake yeah Oh, maybe I didn't see that. Maybe it was a Tarzan remake that I saw or something. What was it, Tarzan?
1: No, I don't think anybody's made Tarzan.
0: What did I see? Okay, enough of that. But the I think it was one's the Jungle good. Book. It's not great, but it no, wasn't... I'm not thinking of the Jungle Book. I swear, I'm thinking of Tarzan.
1: I think it'll be real interesting to see what happens
0: with Lion King. I'm gonna Google this. Okay, talk about why you're interested, in Lion
1: King. Well, because Lion King, as far as I know. Is basically a carbon copy again of the original Lion King. Yeah,
0: the 2013 Tarzan movie. Oh, it was so bad.
1: Oh, that's not a Disney though. Yeah,
0: it was awful. Oh my god. I just,
1: I just don't understand. To me, I just don't understand why people want you to remake an animated movie that you can just sit at home and watch if it's going to
0: be exactly the same. Wait, no, I'm lying. This is not it. Dang it. That's what I just don't get. But I don't know. That's fair. Okay, I can't I can't find this. I thought there was a I thought there was a recent oh no there yeah. There is a recent Tarzan, it but it's not a
1: Disney. The legend so of Tarzan course. from
0: Warner Brothers. Yeah. That was the worst movie I had What's seen. What's his name in it. Oh my gosh. Who? Um
1: The guy from Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained.
0: Uh what? Oh, Samuel Alexander Skarsgård? No. <laughs> oh, that's who, Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, it was dreadful. Okay, well, I have can tell that it
1: was because A, I already forgot about it, and B, I've never oh, seen it. Oh,
0: man, it was just so bad. Also, it says sp- suspense thriller. That, like, why would you ever make Tarzan into a suspense thriller? It just didn't make any sense. It was bad. Terrible. All right. And uh, Anyways, that's now it for that the trailer listened, watch. And
1: now that we've given our entire <laughs> thoughts on Disney's new marketing scheme.
0: Let's move on to the meat and potato. We're only at 25 minutes. This is actually, this is pretty good timing. Where been I on? think we're at learning how to clip. move
1: at a nice pace through
0: all of the things that we want to talk about. We're doing a great job. Everything we do is right. We're never wrong. All right. Let's move on to the birdcage. So we are continuing our Pride Month series here Woohoo! with the birdcage, and this is this we veer a little differently here, right? This 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 is different from the last two.
1: I picked them all for a specific purpose. Oh, you want to hear what it is? Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna save it for the end, or does <laughs> no, that come now? All right. It's gonna come. I mean, all right. Give I us the intro for all of these. For every one of these Pride Month movies, I picked a specific sort of a part of the gay community or yes. some something like that. So okay. the first time we sort of had like a it was sort of the love story one. Also Brokeback Mountain is so iconic that how could you not kind yes. of do it? It's such a it was such a big deal. Everyone knows <clears throat> of that movie yes. for some reason. So then I had Milk to give us a little LGBTQ history. And this one is kind of a selfish pick, I think, in a little bit of a way, because I just love this aspect of the queer community, but it's a drag movie. So, (laughs) but it also, I will say if I'm talking about themes, it also kind of doubles as a coming out movie, but that was not the reason that I picked it, but I felt it did a really nice job of that. Hmm. And uh, I was surprised by that, but it also works really well for that too. So
0: yeah i would say so
1: so that was why this one was picked
0: all right nice um, um it, it
1: is a comedy and, to and preface it's based that, on
0: a theater play? oh yes
1: um so it's a french play from 1973 called uh, from well, 73 1973 yeah wow. and i'm about to butcher this but oh, okay la Cage a Faux, oh that sounds really good i'm pretty sure the couch waffle No, it literally means the birdcage also, (laughs) which by the way, when I was in
0: Paris, we drove by the actual La Cage Folle Did you uh, take a picture? Club? Yeah, I took a picture of it. So that is the club that was the birdcage, not in South Beach, but in France in 73.
1: And uh, the play follows essentially the same story that the birdcage does. So we'll get into that. Um, It was also, so first it was a play in 1973 in France. Then it was made into a French movie in 78. Um, At some point it was made into a Broadway musical Harvey Firestein, I'm pretty sure, which is, um, he's a really big theater guy, hmm. uh, turned it into a musical and then it was made into a movie. All right. So that's sort of the background. I don't have a ton on the background of this movie. That's a lot um, of background
0: more than we give for most movies.
1: I did want to talk a little bit about, so the movie is, uh, written by Elaine May and it's directed by Mike Nichols. Um, Mike Nichols, Directed the graduate and he's a pretty uh, uh-huh. pretty decent um, he's a good director and he's pretty well known certainly within like the academy structure sort of thing. this um, is good I didn't I didn't think yeah, the there's not added yeah.
0: anything no, but it did what it was supposed to. <clears throat>
1: well yeah, exactly. Um, I did just want to say though that Elaine May and Mike Nichols had apparently been like a performance comedy team at some point i just this was on wikipedia and i didn't know that and i thought that was kind of cool then after they stopped performing together they frequently collaborated so she wrote several scripts that he ended up directing and things like that so i thought that was really nice and cute i liked that
0: okay good
1: um so to preface this too i always find comedy so hard to talk about on the podcast and i think we've if you look back on what we've done, we don't pick a lot of comedies just because it's hard to talk about a comedy because you don't want to just tell the jokes that they tell in the movie.
0: A lot of the entertainment is based on humor and you can't really actually watch a lot to discuss. Like there, I mean, there are, I'm sure there are comedies that we could pick if we had to narrow it down to like what comedies were the most impactful for reasons we could do that. But it's hard. You. It's hard to talk
1: about comedy and convey why it's funny yeah. without just telling the joke and without people actually having seen the movie and be like, oh, yes. yeah, I know what that is. So essentially, I don't know that we're going to end up talking a lot about it. You can certainly talk about other things. So we can talk about performance specifically in this one, which yeah. is and that's kind of what we did with First Wives Club. You end up talking a lot about theme and you end up talking a lot about performances that sort of thing yeah we'll go through the plot certainly and kind of talk about scenes that we liked or things like that but most of it's not going to be about the um um, i mean it's going to be about the movie we're going to talk about the movie but um to go along with that i actually had a little bit of history that i dug up so this is sort of a background too did you dig it up on wikipedia i sure did (laughs) dig it up right on wikipedia (laughs) okay So, essentially, just because I picked this movie because it's a drag movie, I'm a big fan of drag, a lot of people in the queer community are big fans of drag too so i just wanted to give a little bit of history for people who may be a little unfamiliar with what drag is and um why how it, where it came from and that sort of thing so we're just going to run through these wikipedia points real quick okay. i sure did get all this inf- information from wikipedia and certainly once again i do not proclaim to be any sort of historian on anything so <laughs> if this is wrong like sorry about it i just got it from wikipedia um so do you, have you ever have you ever seen a drag queen before in real life?
0: Have I ever seen a drag queen before in real life? Maybe. Not I'm not. Go I can't think of one specifically no. situation that I would have on purpose. I've never been to a drag event, so no sure. realistically. You've never been to a club where they do a drag show. <laughs> a drag event. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so.
1: Which is fine. Um, most people probably haven't, but everybody has been um exposed to drag at some point because I will go through the list of movies that are actually drag themed to some extent and almost everybody will have some sort of movie just like Mrs. Doubtfire that they have seen that involves drag. Um, So essentially a drag queen is a person that usually dresses in hyper feminized or gender nonconforming clothing and often acts with exaggerated femininity and in feminine gender roles for the purpose of entertainment. So it's basically, most of the time, it has to do with cross-dressing. It's a man who dresses up like a woman. There are such things as drag kings, too, which are women who dress up like men. Um, but, I mean, it's essentially entertainment. And to also clarify, this is very different from people who identify as trans. So if you are a drag queen, if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, which I'm a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, certainly... Everyone on RuPaul's Drag Race, typically, there have been a couple of exceptions for contestants. Most of those people identify as a man and they are just putting on a performance. They have an alter ego, so to say, which is completely different from a person who identifies as a woman and ultimately a trans person might identify as not the um, gender or sex that they were born with. And they identify as a different one. So just to clarify that to you, when we're talking about a drag queen, we're talking about a man who dressed up like a woman for entertainment purposes exclusively. Mm -hmm. So to trace where this came from, certainly everybody kind of knows that in Europe and certainly during Shakespeare's time, um, women were not allowed to perform in theater. So we know that everybody was cross dressing. That's exactly right. All of the female roles were played by men. Um, and then in the late 1800s to the mid 1900s in Europe, Pantomime dames became a popular form of female impersonation. So this is sort of the first era of female impersonation that uses comedy as part of the performance, which most of the time drag does come from a a place of comedy, as opposed to the serious Shakespearean tragedies, Italian operas, that sort of thing. When men were dressing up like women, just because women pretty much weren't allowed to perform. Um, so development of the drag queen in the United States started with the development of the blackface minstrel shows. So that sort of grew out of, um, that whole era. And they, there were quote wench players, which were used by, uh, white men to mock and oppress women and African-Americans. So it's part of the, um, minstrel shows. And then the broad comedic stylings of the minstrel show helped develop vaudeville shows of the late 1800s and early 1900s. So the wench players sort of became these prima donnas. It was more elegant and more refined, but it was essentially still making fun of women, men dressing up as women and making and getting humor out of that. Um, at some point there were famous female impersonators. Um, one of them's name was Julian L. Tinge and he, actually performed on the Broadway stage as a woman. Um, and so during this time, it was mostly straight white men who were dressing up like women, um, sort of female impersonation, but eventually it started being connected to uh, sex work and homosexuality. So that, so the um, sort of prima donna era and men dressing up as women in vaudeville declined um, and so, but it's certainly, even to this day, drag queens, uh, go with music, dance, comedy. So that's sort of some of the eras where they came out of. Certainly now it's tied to the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly it was part of like counterculture and certainly not mainstream, um, in the early to mid 1900s. Um, but that's when it's sort of. Once it became connected with the uh, LGBTQ community, uh, they would have them in nightclubs a lot of the time. And then uh, so it uses the boundaries of gender and sexuality and it became a place within the LGBTQ community for um, gays to become accepted and sort of part of that culture now. Um, I did want to bring up just an important thing is that drag queens and also many trans activists, let's just include that in there too, uh, were involved in the Stonewall riots. So, just a little bit of history. Have you ever heard of the Stonewall riots? Yeah, we
0: briefly mentioned this. Oh, good.
1: Because that's an important part of our history. But so drag queens and trans activists were involved in that. That was a series of spontaneous violent demonstrations by members of the LGBTQ community against a police raid that took place in the early morning hours of June 28, 1969 at the Stonewall Inn. Located in Greenwich Village, neighborhood of Manhattan. And they were widely considered to constitute the single most important event leading to the gay liberation movement and the modern fight for LGBTQ rights in the United States. So we owe drag queens a little something at the end of the day, too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um and certainly i have a list here of dragon films which dates all the way back to 1933 even then they were making movies that featured men dressing as women Mm -hmm. um some of the well-known movies include some like it hot which has um i cannot think of her name what's her name marilyn monroe Jeez. Uh, okay um the rocky horror picture show of course yeah tootsie yes victor victoria hairspray uh mrs doubtfire adventures of priscilla queen of the desert To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, which uh, features Patrick Swayze as uh, drag queen and John Leguizamo. Um, Big Mama's House. Ah, yes. Martin Lawrence. Mm -hmm. White Chicks. (laughs) Yes. uh, Kinky Boots. Haven't seen that. But I've seen all of those pretty much, so. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, that's sort of the history of how we got to where we are today. Certainly now, um, the more that... um, the queer community kind of becomes accepted in the mainstream. Certainly, um, drag queens are a little more accepted in that too. We can talk about RuPaul's drag race, which is easily one of the most popular, uh, reality competitions on television. RuPaul is, uh, probably one of the most iconic drag queens of all time that even people in the nineties who weren't necessarily part of our community would have recognized RuPaul.
0: RuPaul is the first name that comes into my head when I think of modern drag. It's, Oh, for sure. First.
1: I mean, he has an entire TV show named after him <laughs> where he basically crowns America's next drag superstar. Sure. Probably
0: so. the first time I actually thought about drag ever as being drag and I guess as being like... Yeah, work. connecting it yes. there. Yes, yes. Would
1: probably be thanks to RuPaul. Um, but yeah, and I mean, RuPaul's getting pretty popular. She won the uh, Emmy for Outstanding Reality TV Show Host last year. Nice. And the show's nominated for... Uh, best reality show at the Emmys so people know about it and um it really is a great show i love it it's amazing but anyway so that's sort of the history we can go back now into the birdcage kind of and talk about the actual movie that we're really here to discuss
0: okay yeah so that was more production and background than we have given maybe since gangs of new york when we talked for like two hours that one episode (laughs) i
1: forgot that that one was so long But I did just want to leave that in there so that if you're unfamiliar with sort of the history of drag or what drag is, you at least know that now. Yeah, that Especially was really if you've solid. also not seen the movie, too. And this was a good
0: episode <laughs> to put that in because I don't know how much. We'll talk about the movie, but that was. I think well, this was the right place to. The uh, movie has. I mean, it's certainly
1: a dr- movie that has drag as one of its major themes, but they don't spend a lot of the movie in drag. None of the characters do. No. Yeah. And so, it, was, it was
0: surprising that it even came up when it did in the movie. Yeah, so, exactly. Both times. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It was good.
1: <laughs> All right. So anyways, we okay. shall move on here to the actual- segue into the plot. The plot of the birdcage. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to make this- brief and interject at any time you would like instead of just running through these plot points got it um so this movie is basically about um two guys armand who's played by robin williams um and albert who's played by nathan lane yes armand is the um, armand is the openly gay owner of the birdcage which is a club in south beach club in south beach that's exactly right and albert A.K.A. Starina is the star of the drag show that takes place there on a regular basis. The two of them live above the bird cage in a uh, very flamboyant apartment. Yes, and really, both of the both of these characters are pretty flamboyant. Certainly, Albert way more so than Armand. As
0: well as their um, maid.
1: Yes, and then, <laughs> yes, Agud agador mm-hmm. <laughs> who is their um sort of house man that's what they call him house man oh, okay. he's played by hank azaria and really one of my favorite characters in the movie
0: he's a, he's a very so good character funny. yeah when he puts on shoes <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't handle it. oh my gosh i know the first time
1: i ever saw this movie and he fell down the stairs
0: <laughs> i had to watch it like 10
1: times and i could not stop laughing um so anyways essentially if the movie opens with starina refusing to go on stage. She's having a meltdown. (laughs) So Agador and um, Armand are kind of getting her to go on stage. Eventually they do. Um, And it seems like Armand is having an affair with somebody else. He's chilling white wine, which we know Armand doesn't drink and Albert doesn't drink either. So it must be for somebody else. And essentially... They go with this for a little while, but it turns out that Armand's son, Val, has come for a visit. Yes. So we are led to believe for several, a little good portion of the movie that Armand might be having an affair with somebody else, but it's actually just his son. So his son shows up and announces he's home from college. He announces, oh, I'm engaged to Barbara. I'm very excited. And so... They're you know, his dads are excited for him. Well, Armand because he hasn't told Albert. So a lot of this movie too, a big theme of it is sort of the way that the family works and kind of they it seems like Armand and Val are very close, which Armand is actually Val's biological
0: father. Yes. And Val has a biological mother. He's not adopted.
1: Yes. So plays a big role. But but Albert is sort of on the outs of this sometimes. Um, Certainly, it seems like Albert has been there from the very beginning. But we see that
0: I mean it's a there's like a stepfather disconnect yes. or barrier that needs to it be kind of overcome. Seems like that. Yeah,
1: um, and it seems like Albert cares a lot for Val, but Val sort of has a wall up a little bit there. Yes, I think so. Um, I don't think the movie doesn't explore that enough for my taste. It's kind of, and that's what is kind of weird about the fact that they're trying to surprise you with the fact that Armand is actually seeing val it just seems like it's a big charade for no reason i just think
0: val is really annoying and they don't ever give him they don't give him enough to actually make that a thing because like if you think about if you think about some of the scenes like the one where um al is dressed up in like the suit and comes in and tries to be like play the role for him to be on his side and like val just still yeah he doesn't yeah doesn't give anything there is like it's dumb and annoying as a character
1: yeah but it's i mean it's more like towards the plot we know that that's just a plot device kind of and that Val really is his whole existence is basically a plot device for the whole movie anyway yeah um but yeah the movie doesn't explore that enough so i brought it up but yeah we, we don't should not have a lot to talk it's not, about it's not yeah. what we're talking about here that's exactly right we don't explore that enough for it to be um yeah that important i guess it
0: is funny that the plot has nothing to do with what you're actually supposed to gain from this movie it just kind of the plot is around you know it seems like you see what I'm saying?
1: I'm, I'm a little lost on that.
0: Oh, it just seems like so much of the plot is focused on like him, Bow coming back for this wedding that they have to throw. Like that's the that's what the characters, why the characters' actions are driven the way yeah. they are. But that's not what you're supposed to gain or like what what you really focus on. I think when you watch this movie.
1: Well, that's the sort of coming out theme, I think, is that Val really wants to put his parents back in the closet in a way, which, but then again, we're really thinking this like this is, it's a completely ridiculous plot Oh yeah, because there's no way that that would ever actually work. No, that there's no way. And essentially, we haven't even gotten to this yet, but it's because Val's fiance, Barbara, is the daughter of a Senator who is the co-founder of this coalition for moral justice, very conservative, uh, you know, upper class white folks. Yeah. Um, but who certainly would not accept yeah, they're afraid. Yeah. They're, I mean, Val and Barbara are afraid that they won't get her father's blessing so that they can get married essentially. Yes. So, in the middle of this, her father, who's a senator, is embroiled in this big political scandal. So he, he is trying to escape from that. And at the same time, she wants his blessing. So they come up with this plan for him to escape from their home to go to South Beach to meet Val's parents, quote unquote, because South Beach, the
0: old Jewish neighborhood, <laughs> <Yeah>. mostly sand. <laughs>
1: Yes. And again, there's so many jokes in here. And like so much of it is so funny, but we can't really communicate that over the podcast. Uh, Incidentally, Barbara's parents are played by Gene Hackman and Diane Weist, who I think are also very funny. Yeah, a
0: great pair. A great pair.
1: Perfectly casted for sure. And they actually do some fun comedy too. And then just them playing. You know clueless as to this whole sort of other world yeah. that they're amazing trying clueless. to be hidden from yeah, yeah. yeah. it's pretty funny um, so essentially Val convinces Armand so Armand is going to hide he's gonna play the dad they're gonna get Val's biological mother Catherine to play the mom and then um, her Barbara's parents are gonna come down for a visit so Val gets Armand to completely redo their whole house Essentially, they try to turn
0: it into like a monastery.
1: Yeah, basically. They try to shove Albert completely out of the way, um, which a lot of a lot of these have. It has some really great scenes. I think that Nathan Lane just does a phenomenal job.
0: Oh, he by far does the best. As um, far as actors go in this. I mean,
1: certainly his whole flamboyant, crazy, dramatic. Stuff, you know, drag queen persona is a lot of fun, but he actually does a really great job communicating how insecure Albert is in sort of his relationship with Val, his relationship with Armand, too, because Albert has a whole thing about Armand going to visit Catherine. And like, we know that he does
0: a really good job of making you feel like there's more to the character than just that, like, simple like, always, like, exaggerated, like, flamboyant, and, like, over overreactive, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the character constantly overreacts to basically everything, it says they're gonna go do this or that in a way that, like, everyone even in the movie knows isn't true, so they don't, like, believe that character, and... You, you but it does as, reveal his actual yes, insecurities it yes. does a great you job act that. that wrong and like be just a terrible annoying character that no one would think there was more to but he does an amazing job especially especially for an actor who i don't think does that good of a job in anything else that i've seen and definitely doesn't play a role like this does um, a really well, good i mean job.
1: it's kind of that's kind of nathan lane's go-to now is that really i mean he wasn't out when this movie was made yeah. but he is now mm-hmm. so he's sort of the go-to if you want like a flamboyant uh, gay okay. character yeah. Yeah. um i think that that's seen in the producers a little bit i think it was certainly on modern family as a recurring role on modern mm-hmm. family that's very similar yeah um but you know he just he does a great job with it and um it's really fun and robin williams is really fun too in that yes. he's trying to handle uh val who's also acting like a crazy person yes. at the same time incidentally just psychotic young kid he's yeah definitely 20 and then and while he's trying to deal with Val's antics he's also trying to deal with albert's antics and then kind of even aguador's at the same time so trying to keep this whole circus under control it's just really enjoyable with everything that robin williams does with it Hmm. so essentially we have that barbara's parents are going to come armand is going to pretend to be armand coleman they even (laughs) changed their name because apparently being jewish isn't acceptable either so (laughs)
0: they come with a d depends on what country you're in
1: so they've completely set up this whole charade and the senator and his wife get there and Barbara get there and they started off and Armand is there but Catherine's late she essentially just can't show up Val's biological mom can't make it and so they've convinced Albert that either he's gonna play the straight uncle or he's not gonna show up at all but essentially because uh, the Keely's get very um anxious. Essentially, they say, "Where's Miss Coleman? Where's Miss Coleman?" Eventually, Albert shows up in full drag, dressed <laughs> as a very conservative, like conservative white lady oh, mother. And it's
0: a plot twist. You, it oh yeah, tell you did you, you don't not think expect it's that was coming. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Ten out of ten.
1: Um, and sort of this is where the movie enters kind of a farce part where there, all of these. Things are happening. They're trying to cover it up. They're still trying to pretend like oh, Albert's yeah. not a woman, but it's not working very well, essentially. Um, yeah. And ultimately, their charade falls apart, of course. Yeah, of course, it's, it The does. bowls. The bowls was
0: the closest. Oh, my gosh. I love the part <laughs> with the bowls. They're Roman or they're Greek. Where are my glasses? you have your glasses? They're playing leap frog. <laughs>
1: they're playing leap frog. Um. Anyways, it all comes apart. Catherine shows up albert's wig falls off and essentially Val basically says you know the jig is up so he confesses all this stuff um and it's kind of funny because uh the gene hackman character senator keely has kind of this weird like crush on
0: yes on yeah. val's
1: mom quote unquote yeah. which is really albert which is even funnier because he doesn't realize that it's um i told
0: i sensed that was gonna happen as soon as it came up i sensed that gene hackman's character was gonna do that because it just makes sense <laughs> for the comedy and um
1: that's really funny and even when like he really just has no comprehension essentially of what's happened here but ultimately they sort of help him out because the paparazzi has followed him all the way here they're basically going to
0: yeah the driver the hilarious like they can't tell that their driver is paying (laughs) off every paparazzi person to be like where are you going here's some cash like all right
1: we're going down here Yes. Um, so essentially they're about to be caught by the paparazzi, but Armand and Albert and Val come up with this great plan to sneak them out of the apartment so that the, so that they can escape and not be seen by the paparazzi. My mm-hmm. gosh. Oh my goodness. Um, so what do they do? Of course they dress everyone up in drag and parade them
0: through. To we are family, right? It's we are family, which is yep. like the theme of the, the theme song for the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. they parade them through the club Gene Hackman
1: in full drag so that nobody can recognize him. Mm -hmm. They walk right past the paparazzi. They drive away and then val and barbara get married and everybody lives happily ever after it's true
0: and the credits are rolling before you even see that yeah, that's you my had one complaint with for this, this movie don't. is that they just like they just like end it and then there's a scene that you would want to see before the movie was over and there's credits on top of it that are rolling but it's such an epilogue like you know they're uh, gonna get married yeah. so it, to me it's not that egregious but the more i think of it as like a theater piece converted to a movie the more it makes sense why oh it you is can the definitely tell yeah. that this
1: is for sure something that i'm sure you wouldn't be surprised to see was basically done on a stage and done pretty easily on a stage Yeah,
0: it seems almost like shakespearean in content and like the way things act out and how characters are Mm -hmm. in my opinion it just does like the more i think about it the more it seems like classic theater like that
1: oh yeah and it's very much it has very farcical elements to it too so like a comedy from the stage you can totally get that yeah um but I mean, that's basically the plot points. Yeah, what that What were some of your? Summary. Go through some of your favorite scenes, just so that some of my favorite. Or maybe scenes. your quotes. Maybe your favorite quotes. Well, if I you brought can come up, up. I with brought them. up some
0: of the good ones during the plot when I wanted. Of to course, when you know, Agador really falls liked. on the stairs, yes, hilarious. Yes, all of that stuff. Um, it's been a minute. I wish I had gone back through and wrote. Agador
1: to me is just so funny all the time, even with his little like him trying to come. Albert down and doing almost a better job of it than Armand does and yeah. when he's like oh here I'll give you some of these pills and then Armand's like what pills are you giving him and he says it's just an aspirin with the A and the S <laughs> scraped off Yeah, <laughs> which Hank Azaria really does funny. a he does which we I think most people know Hank Azaria for his voice acting kind of he does all kinds of different voices but he does a great job in here mm-hmm. which I also kind of looked up because I wondered of course we're talking about a movie that was made 20 years ago. So casting that role, I think, of somebody who's supposed to be, like, Latin American. I was like, I don't know if they could get away with ha- casting Hank Azaria. But I did a little research on Hank Azaria. He is Greek and Jewish and Spanish. So um, I think that we're uh, I think we're okay there, kind of.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, I had no idea. But um,
1: he's super funny.
0: Yeah, I oh okay so the best scene in the movie i can't believe I. are you talking about the just, walking scene the walking scene when yes john wayne okay <laughs> yeah. yeah so the whole scene where they initially are like okay you're gonna pretend to be the uncle albert like yeah you're we're we're gonna play this. it straight you can do it and they go out to a some They're sort like of patio restaurant, restaurant. <laughs> yes that scene where he's like you scraped the toast, Albert. So what? That, yes. That yeah. whole scene, I texted you immediately following the time where <laughs> oh, yeah. I watched that scene because that scene is perfect. It's the best part of the movie, in my opinion. It's funny. It's well acted. I like the dialogue a lot, like mm-hmm. the dialogue itself and what they're trying to do, what they say, and then the John Wayne walking, obviously, at the end, and the old lady who's a table over from them that doesn't understand <laughs> any of what's going on and just the faces she makes. Like That whole scene is perfect and i liked i just like the setting there too i feel like it plays really well and then obviously yeah. it was heartwarming whenever he um they signed the um what what is that document that they sign where albert owns half of the oh yeah yeah that little scene at the end where he finally like catches up with him and they have like a real conversation about mm-hmm. how they're feeling that's good I felt like that was necessary, and I felt like oh, it was yeah. done tastefully, too, in a way that didn't bother me, which I felt like it was it's going to bother too, me. It's not too, like, yes. out of, it yeah. was,
1: like, not too overt, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, um.
1: I love any scene. Quite frankly, all of Nathan Lane is just, yeah. it's
0: giving me the most life possible during yeah. the whole Ooh, thing. I really liked it when um they were all at dinner, and they were playing the piano and singing, Another, oh, yeah. another good <laughs> one where all the characters are singing whatever song. I don't even know what that song I is. I don't think I
1: can put a little off the top of my head either. But
0: Yeah, but that's really good. Yeah, that's um, funny.
1: I like um, too when they're rehearsing, when like they're kind of rehearsing the new um, I guess it's like a song. Yeah, they're in the middle yeah. of rehearsals and Armand is trying to keep Val away from it because I don't even know at this point If Albert knows sort of the whole scheme that's going on. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) that one guy, the like model, is like chewing his gum. Yeah. And he says, It helps me think. And (laughs) (laughs) Albert says, Honey, you're wasting your gum. (laughs) And in that same scene where he wants Armand is trying to get Albert not to dance so much, or there's something to that effect. And and Robin Williams launches into this whole dance thing. And he goes through all of these famous choreographers and he does their, all their little moves. And he says, but do it on the inside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny too. I'm trying to think I really should have written it down. I got, I'm glad I got, I came out with the best one that I like really. Oh yeah. I
1: mean the, me. the walking scene probably yeah. like one of the best of the whole movie for sure. Yeah. It just shows Robin Williams trying to do his best to, get Albert and then Albert just not being able to do it. Cause yeah. he just oh, no. can't even hide it. Yeah, he can't piece, hide himself. That
0: piece. And then the piece that does the exact same message, basically, that is the scene where Albert walks in with the suit and, like, is trying to so hard, and, like, has it, like, mostly together, but, like, has the really flamboyant socks socks on. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, like, it's amazing. And, like, the length of time they spend with him, like, trying to, like, sit and get comfortable and, like, moving around. and trying to work so hard to
1: do it. Well, and that really speaks to, I think, both of those scenes that you picked speak to the theme. So, certainly in this, I mean, it's a drag movie, but to me, almost even more than it being a drag movie, it's really a movie, it's kind of a subtle coming out piece so most of the time we like a coming out movie when people first sort of announce that they're gay is usually i mean most of the time if we see them nowadays it's sort of like love simon where love simon is a teenager who's realizing he's having feelings for other guys he's a guy but this movie is coming out kind of in a weird way because the characters are already out and yeah. they're open mm-hmm. about it all the time. But this one situation has sort of forced them to try to play it straight and go back into the closet almost. But really, of course we know that at the end of the day, the message is that you should be out. that you should be proud that you should be happy to be who you are and to let people know that and that everyone should be accepted for who they are yes. at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah it's good i don't i can't think of anything else that i really liked as far as individual scene goes but i want to say that i i really liked this movie too i have been surprised at this point by the fact that brokeback mountain was my least favorite out of these as good of a movie (laughs) as it is i know yeah i mean it's it's an incredible movie but like the last two have been so much more enjoyable to me because of the way the content is I'm not surprised by that. I felt like I
1: worked... I will tell you that I spent a lot of time thinking about trying to pick movies that had good themes, that had different themes, that were all really great movies, Yeah. that hopefully if you're listening to this and you haven't seen these movies, it might open your eyes to some movies that you should watch and that went with the theme of the month that I tried to
0: pick out. It's so interesting to me because I feel like a lot of movies that are theater based
1: oh they're not very good
0: yeah or i don't like them i like really have an aversion of movies that are in this style in general kind of and i don't watch yeah. them and don't try to see them and i didn't have that preconception going in mm-hmm. so i think that allowed me to watch it from an unbiased perspective which i think was good in this situation because yeah. i might have i'm worried that i might have written it off had i known that because of other movies that have done this kind of thing before. well
1: i will say just to go through this really quickly theater is hard, I think it's very hard to convert, especially a play, into a successful movie because really you're talking about very few settings. You're talking about lots of dialogue and talking between characters and a lot of character stuff. And it's hard to make that come across successfully in a movie in a way that's not boring. But I do agree with you that this movie does that really well. It probably does it better than a lot of theater to film conversions do.
0: Yeah. I would say so. I would say absolutely. Yeah. I have no doubt. And uh, is there anything else that you would like to add before we get to final judgments? No, I think we hit everything. Yeah, I think that was a really good overview. I absolutely think everyone should go see this movie. I think this movie is good for anyone even if if you're trying to present the present this to someone who may not even be that comfortable or desire to watch lgbt movies for the first time lgbtq whatever mm-hmm. yes this is i think this is a great first one i think yeah i it's think totally seeing robin williams and, and Nathan lane do it is on a it's totally different from any other movie that i've seen that covers the topic
1: and it was i mean actually this movie came out in the mid 90s and was very successful too yeah. i mean people went and saw it It was number one at the box office for like three weekends in a row. So it's not that people didn't see this movie or that this is sort of a hidden movie. It's always been out there. But, you know, I just think that and maybe people from our generation haven't seen it. But I have a lot of admiration for this movie and several other movies that came out during this time that are drag movies that are really great. I
0: absolutely agree. I didn't I'm, make you
1: watch too Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, because I don't think you would appreciate it as much as this one. But it's really good too. Patrick <laughs> Swayze is it a little and more Wesley in, Is Snipes. it a little more intense than in this one? No, I just don't think I think that the message is a little garbled in uh, that Okay. I just don't think it does as good of a job with the messages. Um
0: Yeah. So it's more so like a visual thing just about the culture it's as just, opposed it's to it's fun and campy. Yeah.
1: It's not really like this movie is those things, but it just does it better. But I love Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for having Julie Newmar, too.
0: Yeah. I just felt like everything fun and campy about this was done in a way that was like subtle and tasteful. Yes. And it's just crazy that you can do it so well because those two things are inherently opposites almost. And they like they combine them so perfectly. And I I mean, I liked everyone who acted in it except for the son. Their son Val was the worst. I hate that kid. A young Bradley Cooper lookalike that I never want to see again. (laughs) And I just yeah. Nine and a half out of ten, easily. I don't have very many issues with this movie, if any.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, we already know it was one of my favorites, so.
0: Yeah. All right. I I mean, did I give a nine and a half to Milk? I think I did, or a nine. I might have given was it a nine. It's pretty up there too. Yeah, I think I think I like this better than I uh, I don't know if I like this.
1: I like this enough. better than Milk. You do? And it's more fun to watch, certainly, than Brokeback Mountain is.
0: Yeah, Brokeback Mountain also it's just slow. It was just slow at times. Yeah. And that that really killed That's it for fair me. Too. Totally. It's just like I mean, <laughs> and it's dark. Yeah. It's also dark. It's there's you, yeah. All that. Okay. Well, that's, that's all it. I got. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us. You can join us next week for the final, I believe final. Yep, yes. That's the episode one. of our pride month series with the kids are all right. So um, this goes up, I guess this weekend will be most of the pride celebrations right around cities. Um, or is that just an actual some of them
1: thing? Up, it's been every, I mean, all it different weekends. It just cities. depends on the city, okay. but all we, all this month people have had their Pride. So if
0: you haven't gone out, go out and celebrate, look at what your city is doing this weekend. Cause it's probably dope. We will be out this weekend in Nashville. So, Hey, come say hi to us. We're like celebrities. <laughs> so It's cool. <laughs> um yeah we'll be seeing the kids are all right next week so check that one out in advance so you can hear us talk about it all and then um you can find us online on facebook and twitter at pbmc podcast and uh you can email us at pbmc podcast at gmail.com and check out our website at popcornbrothersmovieclub.com review us on itunes or stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts and uh yeah thanks for listening That'll wrap it up this week and as we say at the end of every episode, Isaac.
1: What am I supposed to say?
0: <laughs> I just it's just oh, a lead in.
1: I'm Isaac. I'm Eli. What? <laughs> Is that was the just- club. <laughs> <laughs>